All right, everybody, welcome to episode 42 of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. We appreciate you joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio. I am one of your co-hosts, one of the creatures of the night, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature of the night, Travis White. Travis, I am so excited to be doing this episode with you. It's one it's one that I know many of our fans and listeners out there have been listening to because, uh, to paraphrase the uh, great lyricist Taylor Swift, <laughs> baby, now we got bad blood. Mm, yep. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, do you think she was rails. talking about this yeah, pay-per-view? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, she was watching this on the WWE Network for $9.99 a month, and then she said, oh, i got to write a song about that. Unless she was talking about 2003. Oh, could have been. Uh, or 2004. Which had a, oh, man. 2003 had that great quote you and I will never forget. But anyway, dude, we got bad blood here. I can't wait. I've been looking forward to this. I'm ready. DX always asks, are you ready? They're not even DX yet here. But I'm ready for this. This is one of my favorite matches of all time. From any promotion, uh, the best Hell in a Cell, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinion. 98 was more iconic, I guess you could say, but this is the one started it all here. Yeah, let's just talk about that as we're kicking things off here before we... We'll get into the buildup and a little sure. little play by play later on, but yeah, I, I I know you do as well, but I just have very vivid memories of watching this match for the very first time. Of course, we're talking about the very first Hell in a Cell match between the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels from Bad Blood in Your House, October 1997, which we're going to cover in long form here on the show. And yeah, I remember renting this video from the video yes. store. It's got that cover with the Undertaker holding the Undertaker's His head. head. <laughs> Shouldn't he've had Sean's head? <laughs> I don't understand it at right? all. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but I, I love know. it. Yeah, it's one too. of my favorite WWE uh, WWF posters that, of all time. That should have been the poster for SummerSlam '94. It's the Undertaker. Have. That would have made <laughs> yeah. a lot more. Sense. But yeah, it is cool. I like the whole swamp vibe. You know, even though there's no swamps in Missouri, I don't think. But he had this swampy vibe. Undertaker's holding his own severed head. Yeah, bad blood with two Ds. Just to show you how, I don't know. I don't how know why bad he had it two was. Ds. Yeah, bad blood. That's a Michael so. Hayes thing. It's got to be. Oh, got to be, man. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I remember wanting to see this match specifically. You know, because even though I didn't have the internet yet. You know, just the buzz around this match from uh, hearing them talk about it on TV or, or hearing, I guess, maybe some of my friends who might have watched the pay-per-view just see this Hell in a Cell and just this whole idea. So it's a brand new thing, this Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Um, like, it, it's weird to think about now when it's just such a commonplace match that we get, you know, there's a whole pay-per-view devoted to Every October. Nowadays. Yeah, you're going to see that. And yeah. it's almost, you know... I'm sure most of the fans listening to this show probably remember the Hell in a Cell being invented and watching it for the first time. But, you know, for newer fans, it's just always been a part of wrestling. Yeah. Just like ladder matches have always been a part of wrestling. And I remember 
when a ladder match was just that was a, a foreign concept, a brand new yeah. thing, and and so was this Hell in a Cell, and it, you had to see what this thing was. So I want to hear from you, man. Like, uh, I want to hear about the first time you saw this match, and just revisiting it now, twenty years later. I, I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times, but just sitting there and watching it with all the build up, with all the research. Dude, it held up so well, and it was just as good. Some of these big, crazy spot fests. This and this wasn't really a spot fest, but a gimmick match. Sometimes yeah. those don't hold up as well over time. Right, you, it can be amazing the first time you see it, and you go back, and maybe not. But the the storytelling on display here, it wasn't a spot fest. It was a really excellent story being told, and and I loved revisiting it just as much as I did watching it the first time. Yeah, man, I remember, so again, we've we've already talked about on the podcast, at this point, you and I are, are buddies, we're in, in school together, um, we're not best friends yet, but we're friends, and I remember, you know, I don't know if it was the next morning, it was Monday morning, at the you know, first period, we had gifted math class with Miss Lacey, and I remember folks talking about this, it was either Monday or Tuesday, maybe after Raw, I don't know which day, I don't, my memory's not that clear, but I just remember talking with you and other guys about you know can you believe that match because again we're 11 years old and this is cage but it goes around the ring so they can fight outside there they don't have to get out of they don't have to escape to win there's a there's a cell on top and then at that point you know after raw you know the next morning we'd already known that they'd actually gotten out of the cell and kane is here we've been waiting on kane and i remember just being an 11 year old kid and just blowing my i could not wait to rent this VHS. Um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, VHS. <laughs> you can't find those anymore. My dad still has some. But anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, I still have some. I've got a closet <laughs> yeah, full of them. Dad's got blank ones. He still records stuff. <laughs> okay. But anyway. He does. He uh, does. He does. So, but uh, I remember I couldn't wait to rent this. I probably went and rented it the day after you did. Couldn't get it because you probably had it. Or something. I'm not sure how many copies they had at video to go. But I remember vividly sitting down, putting this in the VCR and watching this match just being blown away. And it just right there instantly, it was just like, this is one of the best matches. And again, right. I wasn't even a huge fan of this. Like I hadn't had years of fandom. I, you know, we've gone through that plenty at nauseum over here, but I'm coming right back into it and it's, it was great. And then now fast forward 21 years, um, almost. And, Watching it and based off the podcast you and I are doing and seeing the build up, because again, as an 11 year old, I thought it was awesome. But now knowing the full backstory, the storytelling, everything that went into it, I am blown away and I love this match even more. It was so refreshing to watch it, knowing the history behind it and going to see it. Um, it was so good. Two thumbs up. If we had more hands, put more thumbs up. It is so good. <laughs> This and, is my favorite match we've covered so far. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you and you mentioned Kane too. Like yes. that's the other essential part of this is, right. yeah. is the debut of Kane. You know, you have this incredible match, and then you have arguably the greatest debut of a WWF superstar ever. Definitely of a new yeah. of a new character. Right. Definitely up to that point and I'm having a hard time thinking of a better one than than Kane because of all the build up yeah. because of as we'll talk about in here they during this whole month they kind of lay off the whole Kane storyline right. so it comes as a bit of a surprise in the match he comes in and makes an incredible impact it's probably the best 
debut of somebody new since the undertaker seven years ago yeah and it's just it's a it's the rare time we said this a few episodes ago too that a surprise in wrestling pays off and lives up to the hype and it like kane goes on to have probably the second greatest uh career of a character like this in history next to the undertaker he's on the mount rushmore of greatest wrestling characters of all time right next to the undertaker and so to have those two home runs those two grand slams just coincide with each other and be one be born out of the other it's so rare and so incredible and that's just adds on to the legacy of this match Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, when you were just talking, I just thought about Mankind made a sudden impact, but he didn't have that pomp and circumstance or like that surprise fact. He was just a new character. You know, we covered that in our 1996 episodes and stuff, but he made an impact against Undertaker. But you're right. Kane comes in. And again, a lot of times kind of a schmoz finish like we have here. You know, sometimes they say the end of a, the end of a, the ending of a match can ruin everything beforehand. And oh, you yeah. and I talked about that. But here, it doesn't. It's perfect. I'll use the word beautiful storytelling. You know, I am. We were both suckers for that. Uh, they earned it, I, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been building for five months now. Yeah. So, and it pays off like a grand slam, man. It's awesome. So, well, yeah. let's dive into the final parts of this build up. Like we said, it's yeah. been building up for a while, but let's talk about some of these raws building into. In your house, bad blood or bad blood in your house, whichever way you want to put it. Uh, yeah. We we're gonna go back a little bit from our last episode. We covered one night only, so we said on that one we're gonna jump back to these raws a little bit before that because that kind of came in the middle of this buildup. So we're gonna go back to <clears throat> September eighth of nineteen ninety seven. It's the night after Ground Zero, and we learn on that episode of Raw that uh, after all the craziness of that ground zero match that Shawn Michaels and Undertaker are going to have a rematch in this new structure called hell in a cell. They just open right up with that. Yeah. Just tell us. So it's just kind of weird again. They just, but they used to do that as we've been talking about. They, they thank God they didn't name a normal contender, a new normal contender for <laughs> Bret Hart. Um, we'll get to him later, but anyway, uh, yeah, they just tell you the next night, Hey, here's where the next pay-per-view main event is. It's Hell in a Cell. Again, in 97, you're like, what? What is Hell in a Cell? Like, So they they have to explain it. They explain the reasoning behind it. We're going to get to all that as we break down these episodes of Raw. But um, I wanted to say, too, just point something out, is that, again, this is September 8, 97. Six days from this night will be WCW's Fall Brawl War Games pay-per-view. And the subtitle for it is called The Rage in the Cage on the poster poster's been out for months so just saying i'm not saying they stole it there are coincidences but jim Cornette, who worked for wwf at the time also you know takes credit for um creating the actual coming up with the idea for the structure russo takes credit for the name hell in a cell wcw had rage in the cage i believe you were telling me you heard something different from that too yeah that's interesting that uh I think I and I think I've seen that before too. That Cornette says that and Russo says that, but I know that Shawn Michaels also takes some credit for this match as well. Sure. There's an article on WWE.com from a couple years ago where he talks about being inspired by a pretty 
famous rare match called the last battle of Atlanta, which yeah. took place in the seventies, I believe between Buzz Sawyer and Tommy rich. And it took place. It was this long standing blood feud between those guys. And they built a cage with a roof on it. And Shawn yep. Michaels says he always thought that was awesome. He saw it on TV and, and thought that would be a great idea to use. And he says he thought it would be, he came to them with that idea for the undertaker match. So, you know, like we said, there's there's probably some truth somewhere with his story and <laughs> sure. with Cornette's story and with Russo's story. There's probably a lot, something all mixed in together with them coming up with the idea for this. But uh, that was an inspiration. And it's cool because that they finally unearthed footage for that uh, last year or two years ago maybe. And it's on the WWE Network in the Hidden Gems section. So you can go watch that match, which you couldn't literally could not see even on YouTube or anything like that right. for 30 some odd years. Uh, and I watched it. I watched it when they first put it on there, and it was, it was interesting. You know, I didn't have the context for it. I didn't sure. know, understand their feud, but uh, it was really cool to see. And um, I think this Hell in a Cell holds up a lot better. But uh, it was cool to see the inspirations for that. So if you yeah. have some time, uh, you can go watch that on the WWE Network, The Last Battle of Atlanta. But and regardless of who came up with it or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, it's a storytelling. Thing. It's not just let's put on a spectacle of a mat. It's storytelling. You're gonna put the cage around the ring. I, I well, that's not storytelling. You're gonna put a cage over uh, the cell over the top so that no one can get in, right? And you're gonna be locked inside so you guys can't get out. Try to run away from each other because again, Sean's been trying to avoid Undertaker, get cheap shots. He's a heel. Of course, we all know how that's gonna go down. Yeah, right. Not gonna work out that way. But again, think about it from a storytelling aspect. It's great. It's a wonderful storytelling uh, mechanism, you know, and get to this match. Not just because, hey, guys, it's October. Let's put you guys in the hell in a cell. So exactly. it's a, it means something. There are stakes, and these stakes are going to get even bigger in future episodes of Raw. We're going to cover in just a minute. There's um, a reason for the cage, not like yes. in nowadays where there's it just happens because it's that just part October. of the year. Yeah. Vince McMahon says on commentary, for sure, we will not be seeing any interference from anyone in this matchup, which is you know telegraphing that there's 100% going to be interference in it. But right. you know the idea right. is there. Uh, and, uh, we hear from both Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker on this episode of Raw. Undertaker comes out and says that the previous night at Ground Zero, Shawn Michaels and I we opened the gates of hell, and I felt his fire. He felt my fire. Sounds like a Backstreet Boy song or something. I don't know. <laughs> From this time period. <laughs> and then Undertaker said something cool. He said, But last night was only the beginning. For I will never rest until the flesh is rotting from your bones. You know, I thought it was pretty neat considering that 10 years later, Undertaker would be the guy who retired Shawn Michaels. So their feud would continue on for a long time. And Undertaker made good on his word, theoretically. <laughs> hey, Not literally. He, plan he planted a seed that would flower 13 years later. Absolutely, How about that? So, dude. Yeah. Long-term oh, storytelling. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so, but no, it is, an, it is a neat little uh, coincidence or nugget of information there. So that's cool. But – um. Yeah, they're, Vince and Taker doing that interview, and like you said, it's, Helen sells the beginning of the end. There's no way, no way out for us, and no way for anyone to get in. Um, and Sean interrupts here on the Titan Tron, and he he um, gives a little spiel, and I think he 
puts himself over, I'm sure, um, says, you know, last night, WWF backed me into a corner and I barely escaped with my life. Um, but I think he says I'm a survivor. And if I'm going into that coffin, you're coming with me. You know, he's been saying, if I'm going down, I'm going down in a blaze of glory. I'm taking everyone with me. So, and Taker basically responds with, you know, at hell in the cell, you're going to rest in peace. So, that's all the interaction on this episode of Raw. So well, it's good, get? man. Simple, yeah. basic buildup. Uh, Sean is on commentary later on in the show to just <laughs> for a weird match: Triple H versus Savio Vega versus the Patriot <laughs> Triple Threat match. I I was like half watching it. To the be fans honest. chant boring during <laughs> actually chant again. That happens nowadays. But in '97, dude, they were just boring. Well, and it was it was awful. You know, triple threat matches were still really new. So they really, these first ones in 97, they really didn't know what they were doing a lot of the times. It was really awkward. So um, the fans were chanting that. And Shawn Michaels on commentary, I just want to say he was just like breaking all sorts of kayfabe. (laughs) Like talking about how Vince made him a bad guy now and uh, all this stuff. It's really just fascinating, man. I just wanted to mention that. Uh, He doesn't say much about The Undertaker, but yeah. He got away with so much. Oh my God. Because Vince wants to be him, and you're right. We'll see it later. It's as things go on, how childish she gets in the ring with Vince and stuff. It's just amazing. No one else would have gotten away with it with him. So. I mean, speaking of childish, the next week he comes out wearing a pair of boxer shorts <laughs> to the ring. Golly, man, he's in this pair of Everlast boxer shorts stuffed to the gills <laughs> in the front, and I think somebody it was podcast was it Pritchard's podcast recently? He was talking about. Sean got some heat for that, you know, with uh, with um Vince. Um, actually, allegedly, I doubt it. He probably said something to him in front of the boys, but otherwise, it's like yeah, high five, pal. <laughs> yeah, he comes out in underwear and sunglasses only. Like that's it. That's all he's wearing. You know, uh, the yardstick is right there in the ring, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, goodness gracious! Oh man, but he, he uh. Yeah. He talks about not being afraid of Undertaker or of Hell in a Cell. He mentioned this is the week before one night on, or the week of one night only. Five, yeah, five days so he says he's coming after the British Bulldogs European title because it's the only title he's never won before. So he wants to yeah. take that from him and embarrass him. And man, Taker did something really cool here when he interrupted uh, the promo. It was a really cool visual. Oh, yeah. He interrupts again. The previous week, Sean interrupted on the Titantron. Here, Undertaker interrupts on the Titantron. And he's behind a chain link fence. Uh, really dark lighting, kind of dim. Uh, really cool production. And his first two words out of his mouth are, hello, boy. And I just <laughs> thought that was awesome. That hello, boy. Because, you know, looking down at Sean. But again, he's behind this, this chain link fence, which just gives such a cool visual gives it a different meaning it's just amazing how those little tweaks can make these backstage promos it's better than you know woken matt hardy standing in front of a bed sheet you know it's just like come on man put some time and effort into this stuff they used to it it made sense and it's awesome they used to always do that with cage matches like in the 80s and early 90s that if someone was having a cage match they'd have a promo backstage behind the blue bars (laughs) The Ultimate one, Warrior? Yes, Remember Ultimate that? Warrior, Macho Man. There's one with Macho Man and Sherry. You gotta find it on YouTube where like <laughs> Sherry just starts climbing it and oh, yes. she climbs like around on the others. There's just 
they're on so much cocaine or something. I don't know, man. They're just going wild out there. It's one of my favorite YouTube promos to go look at. It's 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 excellent. I miss that very yeah. much. Yeah, <laughs> Undertaker's not on cocaine here, but he starts out as with "Hello, we boy." Know. Uh, as far as we know, yeah. And uh, just uh, he just basically says, you know, I can still taste the blood from that chair shot, you know, a few weeks ago. And two men will enter the cell and. But only the Undertaker's going to leave with your soul, and Hell in a Cell will be your final resting place. Um, and Sean kind of retorts and says, Undertaker, I made you taste your blood once, and in Hell in the Cell, you had better have liked the taste of it, because I guarantee you, you are going to taste it again. Pushing that blood word, you know. First blood, next blood, bad blood, getting all that in there. So, um. It's great back and forth. And yeah. guess what? These guys are not in the ring together every nope. single week. They're not having three matches with each other before the pay-per-view match. They're not right. in tag matches against each other. It's just right. their characters are so strong. The storyline between them is so strong. They're so strong on the mic that they're making you want to buy the pay-per-view to see them go against each other. It's such a lost art form. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of great stuff in wrestling nowadays and, and I try not to be too negative, but going back and watching stuff like this, it just makes me really yearn for these days uh, a lot more. Uh, Yeah. Just the, the way the stories are told. uh, It, I don't know, man. (laughs) I miss it. I miss it a lot. I understand. But then we'll get to the kennel from hell and oh, stuff yeah, too. For so sure. For yes, sure. Yeah, there's plenty of garbage too. But when it's done well and done right like this, it's, it's so awesome. good. But again, like you said, they're not touching every week. They're not in mixed tags. They're not in six mans. They're not trading pinfalls back and forth and seeing who gets the who's gonna win the rubber match at pay per view when you've already given the match away for free on T V. No, man, they you know, they touch rarely, they promo. It's 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 classic stuff. It's it's awesome. So, like you said, the personalities are strong enough. They don't have to touch. So, um, And then one night only is five days later. We've already covered that. Again, Sean wins the European Championship, becoming the first ever Grand Slam champion. Undertaker lost to Bret Hart, but that match doesn't really matter that much So, uh, in the grand scheme of things. So that brings us to Raw 226 on September 22nd, 97. Speaking of classic, this is yeah. that first ever Raw from Madison Square Garden that – uh, you know, I'm sure everyone remembers. It's the one where Stone Cold gives the stunner to Vince McMahon for the first yep. time. It's the one where Cactus Jack debuts and has a hardcore match with Triple H. It's definitely one of the top Raws ever. If you've never yeah. seen it, Raw September 22nd, uh, Raw 226 on the WWE Network. Definitely go out of your way to just watch this whole episode uh, yeah. of, of Raw. Um, and it also, of course, it has... Uh, Sable's laser tag secret mission on there, which, you know, it's one of the great highlights of professional wrestling of all time, where she goes on a laser tag mission against <laughs> creepy Freddie Blassie. Oh, man. Do you think Sable and Sonny were like, oh, yeah, well, I got Super Sucker. Well, I got laser tag. Like, do you think that was a professional rivalry one, backstage? One million percent. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it's ridiculous. So. I like Sonny's commercials better, but. <laughs> I like Sonny better anyway, but that's that's another hey, story. So, um, they uh, yeah, this this Raw though again, it's iconic and it opens up. I just want to mention real quick because it involves Undertaker. It opens up with a really neat opening promo. 
just giving you the importance of MSG, what it means to the WWF, um, what it is and what it was also. And again, the first ever Raw from there, is, we kind of take that for granted nowadays with pay-per-views and Raw from there, but it, it gets started right here, you know, um, you know, 21 years ago. So it's just crazy. But um, the video ends with Bat-Taker descending from the Raptors at uh, Survivor Series 96 and Undertaker raising the lights. So again, it's just a neat little Easter egg that... Yeah. That's cool. Up on it. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything, but it's just like, you know, we're going to put Taker on last. Um, I'm sure there wasn't that much thought put into it, but I just thought it was cool uh, because it has a boy Undertaker in it. So. Absolutely. I mean, it just goes to show you his place in the company exactly. right there. <laughs> uh, it's also historic because this is the first time in months that we find out that a match is going to be for the number one contendership to the WWF <laughs> title. We find out that the Hell in a Cell match between Undertaker and Shawn, the winner is going to face Bret Hart for the title at Survivor Series. And we've been making a big deal all these yeah. months where, you know, we just find out the the night after pay-per-view, Vince is in the ring with somebody and tells them they're going to fight for the title the next month. So it's great to hear that there's finally going to be a match with those stakes. There's <laughs> a breath right. of fresh air. Oh, absolutely it was. It was nice to see. And well, now this match has even bigger stakes than just, you know, professionally I got one up over you. Now I got to win. I get a shot at Bret Hart. Because, again, Bret's not defending his title at um, Bad Blood. He's in a meaningless throwaway tag match. Um, again, he's not featured. He's the afterthought, just like Undertaker kind of was when he was the champion. It's just kind of weird how – that worked out these last uh five months since mania but um anyway yeah it's um really cool to give this match some stakes you know not that it wasn't already big enough now it's even bigger you know so really cool taker comes out and has a promo um uh with vince in the ring where they're where they're talking about all that and uh, it says that he doesn't care who's gonna face he'll come for brett after he uh beats up sean that there's only one way out of hell in a cell, and that's going to be over his dead body. And then Shawn Michaels interrupts him and continues their back and forth with each other. Some huge heel heat, dude. Yeah. I just, I mean, MSG was all over him, man. It was awesome to see. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the ladies were cheering, but the men there that night were all over Shawn Michaels. Uh, and But he says, you know, the WWF has been dealing me a bad hand. You know, look what... Happened to me at SummerSlam, you know, and, and Ground Zero, and now I got this Hell in a Cell, and now it's for the number one contendership, and, you know, you're backing me in your corner, and, again, he puts himself over, uh, was a Grand Slam champion, and doesn't lay down for anybody, but he says that Hell in a Cell, you know, I'm going to be one step ahead, just like I always am, so, um, I don't think he had anything to do with Kane here, but, again, he's planting a seed that he's got something up his sleeve, you know, um. Uh, He's being such a jerk about that yeah. European title, too, yeah. and like being so cocky, but like so sarcastic about it. Yeah. Like he couldn't care less that he's the European right. title, but he's like acting like it's the biggest deal in the world that he has the European yes. title. Yeah. It's just a, such a subtle heel thing, and it's oh, it's yeah. it's so such a uh, an a hole thing, but it's so yeah. great. It's perfect. Um, he's oh yeah, playing into it great. Um, no, he's the perfect heel right now. They have some more interaction later on in the show, too. Shawn Michaels comes back in the middle of the show and uh, calls out Undertaker again. Um, so <laughs> it said that he, he wants to slap around main event style. <laughs> <laughs> again, with all that subtle 
yeah. shoot breaking kayfabe stuff. Yeah. They actually cut the commercial in the middle of this, and they come back, and Taker comes out, and Triple H, Rick Rude, China are all there attacking him, hitting him with the chairs. But and Undertaker goes down, but and they hit him with chairs over and over again. But Undertaker still gets up through all yeah. of that, and it's just they're telling the story that. All of DX were attacking Undertaker, and they still weren't able to hold him down. And then at the pay-per-view, it's just going to be Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. How in the world is he going to escape that? How in the world is he going to be able to take out the Undertaker without all of his backup? Yeah, without Rude, China, and, and Triple H, which he's officially Triple H at this point, I believe, right? We've we've gone to name that. They're not technically DX yet. But, no, they're calling know. them the initial outlaws they use that term <laughs> yeah. multiple yeah. times in the next few weeks yeah. like, i think that was their first name for that group the initial outlaws because vince uses it i think sean yeah. and triple h use it in their promos they do yeah yeah like multiple so. times so <laughs> yeah i guess they tra- uh, traded that out for new age outlaws in a couple weeks but yeah hmm. pull different uh, adjectives out of a hat later on <laughs> Initial outlaw. We box gotta, of, gotta be outlaws. <laughs> not the hats, the box of gimmicks. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Comes out of a box. It's over. Um, but uh, <laughs> and this, again, this night is not over yet with these shenanigans. Bret no, Hart comes out. It's a lot of them interview. on this show. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. He comes out. He says he literally says, "I don't give a crap who wins it, bad blood." <laughs> I love Bret Hart, man. He's yeah. just you know because. He doesn't care <laughs> in real life. Like he, he doesn't care, but I don't give a crap who wins in bad blood. And I'm not afraid of Undertaker. I've beaten him and I'll cross paths with Sean one way or another for what he did to, to Bulldog at one night only. Again, if you remember, that was a pretty, you know, whether it was a shoot or work, whatever, but um, it was a pretty dastardly thing that he'll going over in, in the UK and the beat down that did on Bulldog. So, but again, Brett's just a total afterthought here. Um, and he defeats, the golden one, gold dust here at the main event. Yeah, you laugh because yeah, it was not much to the smile and and, and it, you gotta laugh at it because it wasn't that great. But beats him with a sharpshooter here. I'm just laughing because freaking gold dust is still on the main roster, man. <laughs> Twenty years yeah. later, and he's better now than he was back then. Yeah, um, uh, but they do have a great little thing to end the show where. The Hart yeah. Foundation comes out, uh, including Jim Neidhart coming back. Returned again. I didn't realize he it's, left. It's like his third return. <laughs> I don't understand, man. Uh, but they come out. They're feuding. DX is out there. And then Undertaker comes out and hits a choke slam on Brett and Sean to end the show. Same time. Really awesome. Really cool, man. It's a really cool way to end the show. And again, just showing all this business everybody's been giving Taker. He's, he's not... He's not getting down, you know. He's, you can't hold him down, you know. He's just, he keeps coming back. You're cockroach. <laughs> so, Dude, um, that was cool, but the next week, yeah, this is like the greatest ending to Raw I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I want to talk about this more than the match almost. Right. This was freaking awesome. We got to talk about the beginning of the show, but I can't wait to talk about the end of the show. It was, oh, yeah. I was like jumping off the couch, man. Yeah. It was so it was good. Awesome. So yeah. good. Um, yeah, September 29th, DX opens the show, and Sean is turning up the obnoxiousness oh. just to 11, dude. He is over the top. Oh, and t- Triple H, too. Oh, yeah. And during this, um, Lawler calls him the Beavis and Butthead of the WWE, <laughs> yes. which was perfect. Yep. It's absolutely perfect. They are being Beavis and Butthead. Those of you who don't know what that is, 
Sorry. <laughs> Look it up. But um, anyway, yeah, they are just obnoxious. Like, in like for real. Like, they make you want to hate them so bad because they're just so obnoxious and childish. They're flicking Vincent Mann in the ear. Who flicks Vincent Mann in the ear <laughs> over and over again? Sean does. Hunter does. It's just crazy. Well, that uh, Sean says... He gives Triple H a chance to shoot, quote unquote. Yeah. He tells Triple H to shoot on his career, which again, like this, they're continuing, they're breaking kayfabe, all this stuff. Uh, they talk about not being afraid of the Undertaker, and Vince has a great Vinceism here, man. I, I had to, I reround this and wanted to get it exact. He says, Vince asks Shawn Michaels, but just how, or I should say, how in the hell are you going to get out of? The cell in the hell, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> word for word. Oh, oh man, what a question! That that may top um, recuperative ability. I, I don't know. Last, it's right up week. there. It's right up there. Oh, thanks, Vince. Perfect. Oh, and man. then I said but, too, man. I, I think we need a shirt. That I, I think we need two shirts. I think we need a shirt with uh, Vince McMahon's Word of the Day calendar on there, on the front. <laughs> I think we need a shirt that says, Stack of Dimes You Call a Neck. Because Shawn Michaels said it. Stone Cold said it. It's like the favorite He's, phrase. He says show. it. Edge and Christian say it on their podcast all the time. <laughs> Austin says it to this day. Yeah, he says it on this show. It's crazy. Um, you're right, man. Stack of dimes you call it. I say it about myself because I have a stack of dimes on my neck. So, yeah, that's great. That's great. I'd order that shirt for sure from keepublic.com. Um, anyway, uh, as they're doing this, Sergeant Slaughter comes out. And, man, this dude, for like a face commissioner, he gets some a lot of oh, boobs. Oh, yeah. Crowd likes him. Yeah. But he comes out and says, Sean's going to need lots of luck to make it out of the cell. And he orders Triple H to face Undertaker tonight, which – um. And they sell really well. I mean, like, yes. they say they're not afraid of him, but they sell being afraid here. It was good. Just, you know, as childish as they're being, it's really cool to see them remember when to kick it into let's be serious, which is the opposite of what happens in just a minute when the Heart Foundation comes out and uh, they basically tell, Brett basically tells Sean and Hunter that they're going to pay for their crimes tonight. And they handle it. They being Sean and Hunter handled like it's just a giant joke they're yep. looking at each other back and forth and everyone has seen this on a replay of you know top moments of raw history but them two looking at each other like a couple of doofuses back and forth shaking their head it's hard to explain it you can visualize it but you would know uh, it if you saw it you know it when you see it yeah exactly and uh that's when Lawler has to be with some butt headline but uh it's just like they sell the Undertaker match so much like it's a legit threat and then Brett's, you know, you have paper crumbs. Like, it's just a joke. Almost like Scott Hall used to do the little ooh fingers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Reminded me a lot of NWO. So. <laughs> Talking about selling, they do a great job of selling the Hell in a Cell match. Like you said, I, I mean, mean, Brett Hart's an afterthought. And the Hell in a Cell match is clearly the main selling point of the show. They, do, they show these uh, videos of them creating the cell like in the warehouse making the cell construction workers working on it kind of they did a lot of that for the first uh, elimination chamber match as well yeah really making it a big deal they're still they're not showing you the cell they're giving you a little tease man i love it i love the lumberjacks that are building it too these guys are awesome i want them to build everything for me so (laughs) Um, but yeah 
No seriousness. It, it it makes it seem like a big deal, you know. It's a first time match, and you don't know what to expect. So sometimes those, you know, sink or swim. Sometimes first time matches are like the kennel from hell match. <laughs> Punjabi prison. Abs- Punjabi prison. Absolute turds and punch balls, man. But you get the hell in the cell. Worth the price of admission, man. Awesome. There, uh, Vince calls it. Says it's going to be the most dangerous cage in the history of our industry, and uh, he also says. Sean is going to be scrambling around that cage like an orangutan. So, <laughs> like, there you go. It's going to be like a caged animal, I guess. <laughs> Makes sense. Yes. <laughs> uh, the main event of the show is Triple H <clears throat> versus The Undertaker. Pretty neat main event, historically. Uh, nothing special in the ring, though. Uh, it ends up being a big schmoz with Bulldog and Bret Hart coming to attack The Undertaker. Vader and Patriot come out. Uh, to make oh, the save for yeah, for for but <laughs> uh, for Undertaker, they go off and and have their little fight. They're going to be facing each other at Bad Blood. Uh, Nobody cares. No, no. <laughs> oh. uh, why would you? No. <laughs> so yeah. Sean and Hunter come out and they pick the bones of the Undertaker. Basically, um, a, like I said, they, that, that's when the match actually starts. Uh, yeah, is after all, they finally that. get in the ring. Right, the match actually starts, and it's about a minute and twenty seconds long before uh, old Rick Rude, the insurance salesman, comes in with a briefcase. I guess it was a Halliburton. I don't know. Yeah, check it out close enough. He whacks <laughs> nice him in briefcase. the head with the briefcase. Undertaker. Yeah, whacks Undertaker in the head. Causes a DQ uh, again, but what's I would in like the briefcase? You to reveal what's in the briefcase. Oh man, what's in oh, the man. box? What's in the box? <laughs> Uh, uh, Rick Rude is carrying around a body bag in the briefcase, <laughs> just going old school on Undertaker. Pulls out a body bag, and they wrap Undertaker up in the body bag. DX is jumping around and celebrating. And what does the Undertaker do? Sits up uh, in the crowd. In goes, the body bag. Yeah, in the body bag, man. What a visual. The camera had it perfect, too. It was awesome. Uh, crowd loves it. Goes bananas and... Uh, it's awesome, man. And so Taker, I don't know, did he cut himself out of it, or was there a zipper so. inside? I don't yeah. Know. But anyway, he come bust out of it, and they DX or Proto DX um, sells it as um, you know, they can't believe what just happened, and a Taker kind of comes back, and he's fighting this uh, all the members of uh, soon to be DX up the rampway, and um, beating them all up, and except for China. I actually, right. I don't think he can technically lay his hands on Rick Rude because of that. Lloyd's of London policy, which may be why he's the insurance salesman. I guess so. It makes sense. I never put that together. <laughs> hey, I just, I just not thought of that. <laughs> but Sean tries to go to Gorilla and tell us what happens here. So. Well, the heat is off the charts, and the crowd's yes. going crazy. Undertaker's stalking him uh, up, up the rampway, and as Sean tries to go out through the entryway, there's a red light and smoke coming out from behind the curtain for a few seconds. Yeah. And this is it. This is the only little subtle tease of Kane that yeah. we've gotten this whole month. And I don't think the announcers even mention Kane, do they? Like, do they say No, they that? say uh, Vince really puts over the, the red lights. Like, those are, like, what's that red light? What's this red light? He, he kind of says enough to make, oh, this is a great red light. Which, again, that was enough. I've been talking on this for the last 42 episodes about how he never lets anything be subtle. But here he does. He really does. And then going from that, they have the red light, that subtle tease there. And then 
Sean, he's not going to run through that. So then he just nope. starts climbing up the Titantron, <laughs> trying to escape. <laughs> and he's trying to run away. Undertaker hits a tombstone on Triple H on the rampway. It's just okay. chaos, man. The crowd's going crazy. I'm sitting here on my couch 21 years later going crazy. <laughs> Dude, this is how you sell a pay-per-view, yeah. man. This is what you want going <laughs> This is the go home show to Bad Blood. Yeah. I want to pay you my thirty dollars to see Shawn Michaels get his butt whooped in this yes. crazy new Hell in a Cell structure. After all of that insanity, man, it was <clears throat> freaking awesome. Yeah, it was perfect. It's rarely is a show done like that nowadays. It's, it just puts the exclamation point on it and makes you want to see um, the the match, you know, coming up. But yeah. Ah, so good, man. Sean leaving like I'd never seen this episode of Raw. This I don't think I had build up before, and like I was again. I think watching that before watching the match again just made me appreciate this Hell in a Cell so much more than I ever have in the past. I love it. I love it even more now. Go out of your way to watch that part of Raw if you can. Yes, the, yes. the week before. We'll so. try. I'll try to find that segment on YouTube or something and get it up on the social media so everybody can see that. But yeah, you can jump to it on. On the WWE Network as well. Either way. Yeah. Well, that brings, brings us to Bad Blood on October 5th, 97. From, Let's do it. Um, from Missouri. Uh, is it Kansas City? I think St. It's, Louis. St. Louis. The Kiel Center is St. Louis, Missouri, I believe. Okay. Or is it Kansas? I think it's St. Louis. There's a lot of folks there. Um, Let's get it right. But, uh, let me look it up. All right. Um, you can go ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll find okay. it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's the Kiel Center. I believe it's St. Louis. We'll get it right here one day. Maybe it was Kansas City. You're going to tell us in a second. But anyway, we're not going to go too heavy into the play-by-play because what can we possibly say that's not been said before? We'll, we'll we'll try to keep it brief here, but I don't know if we can. We're so excited about this. But uh, I do want to say that it was the is... uh, It was the Kiel Center in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Okay, it is St. Louis. All right. Perfect. Well, there's a lot of folks there that night. I mean, it's it's a spectacle to see the people there to see this spectacle of a match. So um, the opening video is strictly about the Hell in a Cell and the feud between Sean and Taker. There's no mention of Bret Hart, the five-time WWF champion, in the opening video for Bad Blood at all. So just thought that was interesting. Yeah, Vince King and JR on commentary. And unfortunately, um, and on a serious note here, um, this is the day that Brian Pillman was found dead. Um, they mentioned that on commentary, and it's just kind of a somber moment, obviously. I mean, he's been a part of the Hart Foundation, part of their storylines. Um, yeah, anything you want to say about that? Yeah, there's definitely a, a somber tone over the whole show because of this, and it's really weird. It's the first time uh, – I, def- I know in the modern era, maybe <laughs> – maybe the first time ever that an active roster member had passed away while still under contract. Um, of course that would happen again with Eddie Guerrero and, and Chris right. Benoit as well. But I, and maybe it had in the seventies and eighties or something, but definitely in this era, it was the first time that had ever happened. So yeah, I, I think it was just, you know, no one knew what to do. No one knew right. how to handle it. It was, it was, you know, not, I, I think there would have been a lot of warning signs, but it was still pretty sure. shocking that, you know, it finally, this lifestyle finally caught up to someone. Right. Uh, Vince just kind of slips it in there as the nation of domination are walking down yeah. the aisle in the first match. Like, by the way, Brian Pillman died this afternoon. You know, he was supposed to have a match today on the show, yeah. and we're still awaiting all the details. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was supposed to fight Dude Love, wasn't he? Yes, he was supposed to fight Dude Love. It was. 
you know, I I don't remember it hitting me hard. You know, Owen Hart's death really yeah, hit me hard. We'll talk about that, that when we get there. And, and Eddie Guerrero's <clears throat> and Chris Benoit's as well. Brian Pillman, um, I don't. It didn't quite hit me the, in the same way. I remember I still have the tribute magazine that came out cool. afterward. Um, but yeah, it was just a weird vibe over the show. It's not a good show besides from this main event. No. I think because of that, you know, you can't blame the, the, the wrestlers. And it's actually kind of amazing that Undertaker and Shawn Michaels put on the match that they did on the same day. They found out one of their, you know, one of their brothers basically, uh, died. They went out there and still had such an amazing match. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. But- and then even later on, Austin's on commentary and it's just strange because they were best friends in WCW yeah. and he has that gold chain around his neck which he always talks about that Pillman gave him so it's, it's just weird to see him come out and try to get through his stone cold shtick as he's you know not knowing why you know his, his one of his best friends passed away so it's weird but it's just a shame you know yeah, that's, that's all we can say about it so yeah. uh you know let's get into the, the fun stuff here of Hell in a Cell Shawn Michaels <laughs> Cuts a promo backstage with old Doc Hendricks and DX. <laughs> says, you know, it's a good thing that this Hell in a Cell match is not for my coveted European Championship. <laughs> just like, again, just yeah. being such a jerk about yeah. taking that belt from British Bulldog. Uh, and tells uh, tells DX he's going he's gonna to go it alone on this one, which he really doesn't yeah. have a choice. But uh, right. <laughs> tells them that he's going to do it. And <laughs> did you notice Triple H starting to cut a promo at the end of this? Yes. And Vince just cuts him off. <laughs> Yes, he goes to like speeds like, huh, and then like he just cuts off, and Vince starts talking, and just I'd never noticed that before. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, really um, funny. I like when they do these promos backstage before the matches. You know, back I in do this, too. nowadays it's just match, 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 match on pay per views. I kind of liked when it was still treated like that. You know, they had these little things in between. Um, it adds to it. I don't need to be an episode of Raw where you got all kinds of stuff going on, but you know. These little promos are kind of neat backstage. So, uh, but yeah, Triple H gets cut off in that interview, which is, uh, I just had to laugh. Um, so then we get a video right before the match about Sean's change of character and how he's different now. And anyway, after that, Sergeant Slaughter comes out with the like probably second smallest flashlight I've ever seen, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's checking on. Wait, the wait, wizard. wait, wait. What's the what's the first smallest flashlight oh. you've ever seen? Oh, you know, like a pin, like a flashlight pin. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. I thought you had yeah. a specific story. No, not at all. I just know it wasn't the smallest, so I had to say so. <laughs> okay. I don't want to steal Bridger's gimmick about top five or anything either, though. So, gotcha. But, um, yeah, it was a very small flashlight for, you know, for the undertaking that's about to take place. Well, oh, no pun intended. <laughs> but uh, well, I guess pun intended now. So, um, Anyway, he looks underneath the ring with his flashlight. He doesn't even get on his hands. He just kind of, like, bends over with his bad back. It's like, that looks pretty good. <laughs> well, not only that, but then, you know, he makes sure nobody's under the ring. Then HBK comes out with DX, and then yeah. Undertaker, they let Undertaker turn the lights off. So <laughs> if somebody wanted to get under the ring, the whole the lights are off after he already, he should have checked the ring after the Undertaker right. came out and after the lights went out. <laughs> yeah, kayfabe wise, he should have. Come on, Commissioner. But, not too smart. That's why he got booed, so. Uh. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, well, let's get right to it, I guess, because, like I said, Sean's out, Taker's out, lights go off, great entrance, just like normal, gets all those different rounds of pops based on the, the gong, the lights out, lights back up, all that stuff. Um, I just really like Sean's storytelling from the get-go. 
Absolutely. And Undertaker's as well. This two takes two to tango here, but Sean's really playing that. You know, I keep he keeps saying he's not scared of Undertaker. Soon's as sales lowered, and they're in there together, and the door is padlocked. He's on the run, man. Yep. He's he back that switch in. from cocky to terrified. Yeah. Yeah, and it's awesome. The announcers are saying, you know, this is not a good time to be Shawn Michaels. They are just <laughs> selling this as this is his comeuppance for all these months of just being a being a jerk. He's finally going to get it. And it's already, you know, like you said, the cell comes down. It's this huge spectacle already. The match has not even begun. And right. the, the atmosphere is really electric in the arena. This feels like something different. It feels like something special. Yeah, it really does. It's just... So cool. Again, there's only you only get one first time to do the first, you know, this match. So I'm really glad it was these two, and they presented it well. So it was really cool to see. Again, great spectacle. And um, <laughs> Jr. tells Sean, he says Sean Michaels better get on a bicycle and ride. <laughs> Vince and Lawler like, where's he gonna go? <laughs> Michael's gotta get on a bicycle and ride. Where well, you going right to? Yeah, that's right. Cell. Where's he gonna go? This is truly hell in a cell for Shawn Michaels. <laughs> what does that even mean? So, there's a lot of good commentary clips I want to, you and I want to talk about in this match. I love that because it was real. They were both yeah. just like, "What did you just say? Why did you?" Say? <laughs> and you know, just Jr. just like shaking his head, like "Dad gum it." <laughs> I was just trying to say something. Why did you guys have to ruin it? <laughs> yeah. Um. um yeah, the match just starts off exactly how you'd think. Undertaker is just stalking HBK. HBK runs him around the ring. Undertaker boots him down, just punches him away, tosses him into the corners, uh, and, you know, just dominates him early on. Yeah. It's just Sean. Undertaker picking him apart very slowly and methodically. And Sean bumps like a fiend again, man. He sells. He makes Taker look even better than he already is. You know, it's just it's amazing. Um Nobody sells like Shawn Michaels. Um, no. And, you know, I only have yeah, – I would still give this match five stars. I think it's the only Undertaker match to get five stars by Dave Meltzer. I think – I meant to look that up. I know. I'm pretty yeah. sure it did. Because he didn't give either one of the Mania matches with Shawn five, did he? Right, which is insane. But Yeah. You know, well, if it had been Tokyo Dome. <laughs> sure. Seven stars. <laughs> uh, but – I. I do have two little complaints with this match. Going back and watching it this time, two things I noticed that I, you know, they're really small, silly complaints, and I'm not a wrestler, so who am I to say? But two things that I thought, hmm, I don't know about that. Undertaker goes for a couple pins here real early in the first few minutes of this match, which I thought was a little bit out of place. You know, he's been wanting to get his hands on Shawn Michaels. He wants Mm. to just pick him apart and murder him. Why is he going for pins in the first three minutes of the match? Like, why does he want to get out of there so quick before he's done all the damage that he wants to do? Uh, I could, I think you could say, oh, he's trying to make him expand energy by kicking out, which I guess if you want to really take a leap, you know, yeah. I could buy that. But I, I think it was, I think Undertaker was still trying to figure out the match, I guess. And sure. I, I thought it was. A little bit silly, a little bit weird, and, and probably shouldn't have done that in hindsight. I don't know. It's a small complaint. They probably tell you the same thing. Yeah. They, look at that. they probably tell you the same thing. Like, you know, we probably should have gone for pinfalls so soon. But, um, <clears throat> and but I'll yeah, get to that's... the next one here in a few minutes, my other okay. complaint. But, 
That is getting kind of nitpicky, but yeah, I mean, I understand. That makes sense. So, um, yeah, but Sean is in. Sean gets in control eventually with some punches, and he does the Irish whip, uh, gets reversed, and he does the corner roll up spot like Ric Flair used to do. And I, I just love when Sean does that. And um, <laughs> the King asks, out of nowhere, why does the funeral procession go through red lights? What's the hurry? <laughs> Again, man. He probably really thought that, and it's just it popped into his head and wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, but he's talking about Undertaker taking his time with him, which counteracts what you just said about him getting all his pinfalls attempts. So, um, but yeah, it's, why does it go through the red lights? I don't know, whatever. <laughs> well, you would almost think that this could be HBK's funeral because he takes some nasty bumps yeah. in this match, dude. <clears throat> Taker. Tosses him over the top rope, like back body drop style, and HBK goes straight down on his back with just this huge thump on the ground. Just, ow. <laughs> um, Taker lifts HBK over his head, choking him, and uh, then HBK thumbs him in the eye and starts trying to climb the cage, and Undertaker just yanks him down, tosses him into the cage. Undertaker keeps slamming him into the cage. It's just, oh, man. HBK takes a whooping in this. He match. does, man. He does, and again, he's making it. He's making the cell look damaging, and you know what we've come to know and expect nowadays from cell matches. This is the first one, and he's making it from you know, from out of the right out of the gate, making it look uh, brutal. And I want to say something. Another commentary bit here when um you mentioned that Sean is starts climbing the cage and, and on the inside. And Undertaker yanks him down, and he just hits the hits the ground, just like splat. Well, Jr. takes a jab at the Smart Marks at home <laughs> back in 1997. Here he says, he goes on commentary. He goes, yeah, there's probably some idiot at home saying, yeah, but he knows how to fall. So I just saw a little jab at the Smart Marks back then. So I appreciate that Jr. still does that to this day on his podcast. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Not, some things great. never change. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, Undertaker is just, you know, I'm trying to blow through some of this play-by-play. Uh, basically, the story is Undertaker is not letting Sean get anything in. You know, Sean will get right. a it's couple moves in, or try maybe do an eye rake and start to do one move, but Undertaker just gets right back up, yeah. clotheslines him, throws him into the cage, slams him down, is just uh, picking apart Shawn Michaels through the entire first 10 minutes of this match. Yeah. Yeah, he does, and he takes. Uh, he finally gets him with like a uh, punching him in the face, and then he he takes a powder into the ring. He gets away from Undertaker by getting yeah. in the ring. Yeah, and Taker hits an apron stunner, and then but then Sean shoulder blocks Undertaker off the apron into the cell. So this is Undertaker's first big bump against the cell. You know, so he's uh, eating in here too, and then Sean does a suicide dive between the ropes. Um, Undertaker, who hits the cell again. Again, nowadays, you see that in every Hell in a Cell that happens. But back then, this was the first time, so really cool. But like you said, again, really cool stuff. Sean's not getting the upper hand. Um, we don't need to belabor all the all the uh, points of the match here. But there's a, some really good s- storytelling, too, because Sean's just sacrificing his body, even to, to hurt Taker, because he wants to win. Again, whoever wins this gets Brett next month. So that's right. I appreciate that. 
every move is mattering. They're taking their time between each move. Every motion they're doing is, mm-hmm. is adding into this story. It's it's excellent. It's, yeah. This should be next level stuff for guys in wrestling school to watch this NXT. match. Absolutely. Yeah. Guys at NXT, watch this match. Um, speak a big bump here, big spot though. We get a pile driver on the stairs. Yeah. Oh, to the man. Undertaker. Yeah, Sean does it to the Undertaker. It almost goes sour the first try, but then he gets it, and it's and it's nasty. I don't know how you learn to take that bump either. I, so. I don't think you do, man. You just take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Sean, they're, they're telling a story here. Sean keeps shoving this camera guy out of the way. that keeps trying to get in his face. He's cussing at him. He's, like, getting upset with him. They're building up to this spot that's going to happen yeah. later on. They're acting like this camera guy keeps getting in the way. This camera guy is obviously a plant in there. And Sean's, you know, he's struggling with him. They're building this spot. So this spot that's going to happen in a few minutes ha- matters. The, yeah. They're building up to it. It's not just random. Uh, yeah. it's, it's excellent, dude. It really is. It's perfect storytelling, you know. Um, And he goes and grabs the chair, he being Sean, grabs the chair. And again, that's perfect storytelling. That's what started this whole thing was the chair shot to the head at SummerSlam. SummerSlam and commentary right? sells that, too. They're yeah. saying that's what started all this is this chair. Yeah, he hits Undertaker on the back twice, and then he just he just throws a chair away for some reason. <laughs> yeah, keep beating him, man. Just keep beating him, but gets a two count. Taker gets some hope spots, and um, then Sean kind of traps Undertaker in the ropes again, like his arms are trapped in the ropes. Yeah, eats, eats a couple big boots, and then gets backdrop. Oh, this is the big spot, like you mentioned. They planned to seat a minute ago with a cameraman on the other side of the ring. Well, at this point, Sean runs at Undertaker, and he's trapped in the ropes. Undertaker frees himself and back body drops Sean over the top rope onto the outside onto a ca- another cameraman um, and gets up, stomps the cameraman, calls him an SOB. Commentary is, Vince in particular, is apologizing <laughs> to the family of this poor cameraman. And that's when you know, if you watch wrestling, you know, okay, Something's well, this, going on here. This is a work now. Yeah. Because honestly, the first time, you like, that's a shoe. Exactly. It was Vince, so subtle. Yeah. John has a short fuse. He gets angry at stuff. He stomps Vader in the face. Um, You know, but here, you can tell it's work if you know anything about wrestling, but it's perfect. This is how we, this is how we get to the next spot of the match. Well, yeah, the, they... The officials have to come into the ring. Sergeant Slaughter has to come into the cage, check on the cameraman. You know, they've built up like no one's going to get into this cage. No, no, there's no way in, uh, no way out once they're locked in there. But they got to get this cameraman out. This cameraman is is nearly dead from this, <laughs> <laughs> from being landed on by Shawn Michaels. So there's still action going on in the ring. Uh, Shawn Michaels hits a... Uh, flying elbow off the top rope and JR gets yeah. a little jab in says nah. I've never seen anyone in the World Wrestling Federation do that move better than Shawn Michaels ever like, yeah, okay okay forgetting the macho man I mean yeah. Shawn does a great elbow but yeah come on now yeah uh, so <laughs> Shawn Michaels hits the sweet chin music uh, as the door is being opened to the yeah. cage for the cameraman to be ejected but Undertaker sits up from Sweet Chin Music, and Sean yeah. sees his opening and runs out of the cage and escapes. But, unfortunately, the Undertaker follows. Yeah. Again, perfect storytelling. He hit him with his best shot. He got an elbow drop, and Sweet Chin Music, 
I say sweet. I meant sweet, sweet chin music. <laughs> Too sweet. Yeah. Sweet chin music. That's a shirt. Uh, <laughs> it's someone switching music. Undertaker sits up, you know, Taker follows Sean out of the cage. This is where the whole concept blows up in our face. You can get out. But again, they don't. It's a storytelling piece. They, they got the cameraman. He had to get out. His poor family at home is wondering about him, uh, I guess. Um, but, yeah, Sean hits a drop kick on Undertaker on the outside. Goes for a second one. Not so fast, my friend. Undertaker catches his legs and does one of my favorite moves, a little slingshot. Slingshots, HBK, right into the wall of the cell. And if you have a keen eye, you can see Sean blade himself yep. as he goes up. When he hits that mesh, the camera's got a perfect view of it, and it's just, yeah, once he comes back and hits the ground, he's just got blood on his face. It's one of the, I guess, it's weird to say now, like, talk about great bleeding and wrestling, because right. it's, you know, such a weird concept now, but, man, he he, he did what he was trying to do, man. He, yeah. he got himself real bloody for this match. It's, it's pretty wild uh, to go back and look at. So he's selling this beating huge uh sean is able though to to kick the undertaker with a low blow and uh, he's trying everything he can to escape so he just climbs up the cage at this point trying to run away from the undertaker yeah you know he doesn't run to the back because he's still nope. he wants to find a way to win because he wants Gotta that be, wwf yeah. championship match Gotta he wants to Brett. win yeah and so, they planted the seed with him climbing on raw the week before when he true. climbed the titan tron so didn't think that yeah me neither till right now <laughs> So he climbs up the cage, and Undertaker, screw that, I'll follow you. Again, he makes it up there in like three seconds. Yeah, I don't know how Undertaker does that. He makes he just climbs up there real, real, real quick. Sean goes for a pile driver, and Undertaker back body drops him on the top of the cell. Oh man, St. Louis blows up, man. They are excited for that. Dude, that cage looks like it's going to collapse underneath <laughs> them too. It does not look like it's supposed to support their weight. <laughs> It's made out of Legos, man. <laughs> it's it's a really cool visual, though, because like Sean's blood actually drips onto the camera in the ring below. It's you know they couldn't have planned that, but it's yeah. just a perfect shot. Um, Someone and man, says something. Yeah, <laughs> you can hear some <laughs> expletives out there yeah. in the crowd. But I was just thinking, man. Like, think about the Undertaker. Think about who he came up with a few years ago like he's used to be in the ring with rick flair hulk hogan and i don't know giant king kong bundy king kong bundy think about that and then think about him now like would could you imagine any of those guys doing something like this being on top of a cage in the middle uh, you know 20 feet high in the arena or even the stuff he did a few months ago like doing that dive outside of the ring could you imagine any of those guys doing that? Like, No, not even Diesel, like a big guy. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, that He's... just goes to what we're doing this podcast about, is what yeah. makes him so unique and so special, is that he could do that stuff with those guys and, and, and tell a story in the ring like that, but he's also not afraid to take it to crazy heights like this. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's That's wild. That's true, man. Yeah. He, he's a unique superstar for his generation no doubt about it oh absolutely and the more we do this the more i love him (laughs) it's awesome so more i appreciate him and what he's done for the business that you and i and all of our listeners love so um 
back up on the top again. They done that huge uh, back body drop. Taker then press slams HBK on top of the cage, which again scary to watch. Looks like it's gonna break in half. Um, and then Sean tries to climb down, and Undertaker catches him by the hair, I think. Um, and Sean's hanging on there, and Undertaker basically just does what I would do, and he stomps on his hands. And here's the big, you know, iconic bump. Other than the the, the bleeding and the the uh, slingshot into the side of the cage, this is the big bump that everyone knows from this match. Sean falls, you know, off the top of the cell. Well, he's hanging on the side, but Undertaker stamp, stomps on his fingers and he lets go and falls through the table. And this crowd gets even more loud. They're going crazy. Uh, JR, I think, has one of his, he might, by God, he's broken in half type comments here. Yes, so. he does. Yeah. It's, oh man, this bump, you know, nothing compares to mankind's no. fall off the cell, but this one, I don't want to say it's better, but. The storytelling again, like yes, that one. It, it, we'll get to that in a few months. You know, it comes out of nowhere. Just right. the big, it's just wild and crazy. This one had been built up for twenty minutes. You didn't expect it. Like no. you did not expect these guys to go on top of this cell. No. I don't think anybody did. You you expected it to be like like war games. Like they have this right. brutal, bloody match inside this cage. I don't think anybody expected them to be out on top of the cage taking bumps like that. It's and it's Shawn Michaels running away, and he just can't escape. And finally, Undertaker sends him through that table. It's, oh, man, great, great bump. It's great. It's absolutely great. And Undertaker continues to slam him on another table and the part of the broken table. And um, I would say, if you're talking about nitpicking some things, I would say that I noticed that sh- that's that's my nitpick is maybe that could have been sold a little bit more. You Me know? too. That was my other one. Oh, yep. okay. Yeah. Yep, that Shawn gets up pretty fast after going through <laughs> two tables and runs back around and ends up back inside the cage. And that was, yeah, if anything, he did not quite sell that quite enough. And I mean, like, that's kind of silly. He's, he's a bloody mess. Right. You know, he's been beaten up, but I wish he would have stayed down a little bit longer after going through a couple tables. Yeah. But it's awesome. It is. As you yeah. said, they're, <laughs> They're back in the ring. Sean's a mess. The cage door is padlocked again. Taker hits a gigantic super choke slam off the top rope, straight into the middle of the ring. Yes. And then he goes and he grabs the great equalizer here, the chair. And again, the crowd goes nuts. Yeah. Again. Because again, that's how this all started was the chair shot, you know? So great. It's all coming for like, yeah. full circle. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. And speaking of coming full circle, he smacks Shawn Michaels across the forehead. Murders him. Golly, <laughs> man, I was like, oh, that hurt. It made me cringe. Uh, Golly, man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thank uh, uh, Gino. Backstand for press. Yeah. <laughs> That's a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Golly, man. Hey. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Shawn Michaels is down. This is it, man. Undertaker's finally going to uh, pick up his revenge when all of a sudden the lights go out. That organ music plays that has become so familiar but was so confusing back then. Yeah. Everyone's wondering what's going on. And 
Paul Bear runs out with this red giant monster and Mr. Man says Which I've heard Pritchard say on his podcast, he wished that Vince would have just held off a little bit for that, but it didn't matter, you know. It didn't take away from me, but um, right, yeah, that's the fat that excuse me, that famous line that's got to be Kane. And uh, man, talk about selling. This is Undertaker's once thought dead brother, you know. He sells this like he's seen a ghost, you know. He's in the ring. They get great camera shots. Good job to Kevin Dunn getting his reaction of seeing Kane for the first time since he quote-unquote died as a child. Um, Undertaker is just bewildered. He's beside yes, himself. We've never uh, seen that. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So um, he can't believe it. Um, and Kane, what a way to make an entrance, man. You rip the cell door off, um, off the hinges, and then he throws Earl Hebner just into the side of the cell. Just boom. And that's going to come into play in a second. Not that there's any DQ or anything. I don't know why he had to, but it's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> he, he gets in the ring face-to-face with Undertaker, and it is just this is what we've been waiting for for the last, what, four months, five months? Yeah. Undertaker's in shock. The crowd's kind of in shock here. They have this long stare down with each other. Kane's actually maybe like an inch taller than the Undertaker here with some uh, lifts in his boots, of course. Because yeah. as we've... We've already seen this guy on our podcast before. <laughs> Isaac Yankum, a.k.a. Fake Diesel, a.k.a. future Mayor Glenn Jacobs, perhaps. That's right. <laughs> Finally finding a character that is going to work out okay for him. Uh, yeah. Playing Kane. And he does the signature lifting up his hands and producing the flames out of the ring post for the very first time which distracts the Undertaker and allows Kane to hit a tombstone, <laughs> except he circles around like three times and can't figure out where the hard camera is <laughs> yeah. as he's doing the tombstone. But, you know. He finally hits it. You yeah. know, I think he hits it toward the hard cam, but, yeah, he does He does spin around a couple times. To he's try probably to a little out. nervous. Sure. I mean, you again, I, I said earlier, you only get one chance – to make that first, you know, and this is his first, you know, his first showing here on WWF television. So uh, he, he, he nailed it, man. It's awesome. We've been waiting for this. We've been talking about it. I can't wait to continue the story of Kane. He comes in, Tombstone's Undertaker. The crowd is shocked. They're also booing because, again, they can't hear Vince saying that's got to be Kane. Right. They have to be smart enough to know, oh, that's got to be Kane. Yep. Uh, yep. Again, because they didn't sprinkle in any um, any hints except for that faint red light on Monday night's episode. So um, Paul Bear <laughs> pours water on Earl Hebner on the way out. Did you catch that? No, uh, I saw it on the replay. Yeah, okay, I didn't yeah. see it at first, but I saw it on the replay. Yeah, he's pouring water on Earl Hebner and to wake him up to say, get in the ring. Um, and, man, Sean just – he's a bloody mess. He just eating that chair shot. He crawls over and just desperately puts his arm over the Undertaker. Ah, just – perfect storytelling what a heel dude yeah he did not deserve this win he's gonna get away with it yet again 
as Earl Hebner makes the slowest three count in all of mankind. <laughs> it's so, it takes about 30 seconds to do a three count. Well, he's selling too, man. He, he is. No, he yeah, should. I'm just kidding. He I'm just kidding. Yeah. At 20, yeah, 29 minutes, 55 seconds, Shawn Michaels has beaten The Undertaker um, with the help of Kane in Hell in a Cell, the first ever one. Uh, he's going to go on to fight Bret Hart next month and in a match that also changes the course of history. Just, just like bit. this Just a little bit. Um, Hunter and China come out to help Sean to the back, and Hunter's chopping away at Sean's crotch, doing suckets. And uh, but Jerry Lawler says, um, you know, now we know that Paul Bear wasn't lying. He was not he, bluffing. He was not though. He wasn't lying. So, um, yeah. Well, it's an incredible moment. It's a match that's been, you know, I'm sure everyone listening to this has seen. It's worth going back and watching yet again, everybody, of course. It is not, we tried our best to add something to it in this journey. Maybe we did. Hopefully we did. Uh, and We tried to keep this short, but we couldn't. Oh, Sorry. Man. You know, this is probably our longest episode yet, but it's probably, I think it's worth yeah, it. Yeah. And we're going to make it a little bit longer because we actually heard, Travis, you know, you give out that call every week on our episodes asking for somebody yeah, who was there. And we got one of our loyal listeners and followers at Don Hyman, Don H E I M A N N on Twitter. He was at WrestleMania 13 and also was yeah. amazingly at this pay per view at Bad Blood. Uh, he said, he sent us a few tweets. Said, Did he wear a green smiley face shirt in the front row? I don't know what he was wearing. <laughs> he said he was like four rows back. So. Uh, tell us, Don, what you're wearing. <laughs> that sounds kind of weird. I'm just kidding. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's it's late. It is. It is. Well, he said several things stood out. Sean was selling the fear as the cell was being lowered. Um, I yeah. loved how Taker just stalked HBK around the ring at the start. Sean trying to drop kick on the floor, getting caught, catapulted in the cell. He said, uh, I thought Kane would interfere when the door was open to get that injured cameraman out so he could see where that oh. story was going. Uh, he Lager. loved... The fall of the cell, off the cell through the table. Taker nailing Sean with the chair at the end uh, before Kane came out. Uh, he said he was four rows back from the ring along the entryway. And when Kane came out, he was like, holy bleep. That guy is huge. <laughs> he said Kane's pyro from the post was insane and, and hot as uh, uh, being that close to it. Yeah. And, and the pool of blood as Sean crawled over. Uh, to make that cover at the end was incredible. Uh, just a lot of very vivid memories from Don yeah. from 20 years ago, which, I mean, absolutely. Of course, if you saw that match, uh, it's going to stick in your mind. Absolutely. Sure. So cool to hear that from you, Don. Uh, we appreciate your support and listening. And, uh, of course, you know, if anyone else was there, we'd love to hear from you, too. Absolutely. Anybody else was there, we'd love to hear from you. Um, follow us. What are all of our social media accounts? It's just that talking taker, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We've got a lot of the buildup to this match over there uh, on the page. And you can, uh, of course, you can listen to the archives to hear any of the episodes you missed. Uh, we've covered every pay-per-view match in The Undertaker's career. And we're going to continue on our way, rolling, 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 through the last ride. Ooh. Yeah, we'll get we to Biscuit we'll eventually. We'll take a... A month off, uh, we're going to skip the Survivor Series, oddly enough, and uh, talk about yeah. things that have been talked to death. We're not going to talk about Survivor Series 97, <laughs> not too much. 
Uh, we may mention it on our next episode as Kane's very first match takes place on that pay-per-view. But our podcast is not Raising Kane, it's Talking Taker. So we're going to skip on to T-Generation X in your house. We, do that one, though. we may do that one uh, a couple years from now, who knows. But Undertaker is going to, he's not going to be a Survivor Series. You're not going right. to see him much uh, for the next few months. But he is going to return after facing Shawn Michaels in one of the greatest matches of all time. He's going to come back and face J double F J A double R E double T at D generation X in your house. This one might not be as long as these last few podcasts. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. We're going on a journey through every undertaker pay-per-view match, which means hitting matches like that one. So or executioner December of last year, (laughs) December is not working out great. No, really isn't. So Mabel the year before, yeah, yeah, man, ridiculous. So, but anyway, if you guys were there, other than Don, please let us know. Don, tell us some more stuff. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks for sticking with us. We've again, this is a supersized episode because we've been building to this for so long. The debut of Kane, we cannot wait to talk more about him. Uh, again, how he impacts Undertaker's career and vice versa, and just where the story goes from here. So, you guys, hop on, join along with us, and most importantly, take her easy. <laughs> Shit.